Welcome back to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible Adult Resources. Each week, we will review the Bible passage for that week's study. We will examine some questions that teachers may face and give some teaching tips along the way. This summer, we are studying Jeremiah and Limitations. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Gia Thornburg and Dwayne McCrary. Uh, Gia is an editor on our Explore the Bible team, and Dwayne, uh, you all may remember him. He used to host this podcast for a long, long time. He now serves as our leader over all of the ongoing adult Bible study work for Lifeway. So we are glad to have both of you guys here. Thank you for letting us be here. No, thanks. Today, we'll look at session 12, where we're discussing Jeremiah 50, verses 11 through 20, and verses 33 and 34. In this chapter in today's study, uh, the first part of what we will look at are verses 11 through 16, and we have titled that Vengeance Exacted in our outline. Uh, In these verses, Jeremiah proclaimed that since Babylon rejoiced over their defeat of God's people, they would be disgraced before all nations. God called for the enemies of Babylon to assemble and begin to encircle her. They were to completely defeat Babylon as the, as the Lord exacted vengeance on the ones who had abused his people. Next, we will look at verses 17 through 20. Return promised. Jeremiah reminded the people that God would punish Babylon just as he had punished Assyria. He would also lead his faithful people to return to the promised land. The sins of his people would be wiped clean, never to be found. And then finally, in verses 33 and 34, redemption assured. Jeremiah reminded the people that God was stronger than any earthly kingdom. He would be a champion for his people, and he would redeem them, and that would bring lasting peace. God also would bring suffering on those who mistreat his people. The summary statement for this whole session today is judgment awaits those who defy God. So let's take a look. We have a few questions to ask. Uh, Question number one is for Dwayne. What do we learn about God's nature in this passage? And why might some people struggle with the idea that God exacts judgment? Yeah, that's a great question. When we look at this, there'll be some folks, they'll say, well, Babylon deserves it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at verse 15, the end of verse 15, it says, since this is the Lord's vengeance, take your vengeance on her as she has done, do the same to her. In other words, you're just returning the favor, I guess would be Mm -hmm. the best way to put it. She's been, uh, Babylon has been ruthless to many people and it'd be easy to say, well, they deserve it. Yeah. You can also see that, um, God is demonstrating his faithfulness here. He's still faithful to his people. He's allowing Babylon to understand that, to see that, that God is always going to be faithful to his people. You know, you mentioned the question, why will some people struggle with this idea uh, of judgment? So many times we want to focus on God is love, and that is one of the attributes of God. But he's also holy, just, and righteous. And we forget that. Um, I forget that sometimes. And uh, I I wish there was a greater understanding for us as believers uh, of who God is uh, in our own lives. It would change how we view life. Uh, 
one of the things that uh, came across while preparing for this podcast is we like to define God because think about this statement, because we don't like how he defines himself. Mm. So we would rather create our own God than the God of the Bible so that we feel better about who we are. And, you know, there's some hard things in the Bible about God. We're told he's one, but there's three. How do we explain that? I don't know how to explain that. I don't know how to understand that. Um, I just know that's what the Bible says. So I just trust it by faith. And that's what I do. Uh, there's other things in scripture that's, you know, God has decided God is love, but yet we see his, we see what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah. We see what happened uh, at, at the flood with Noah and so we still see judgment, but you know, one of the things I would say is if there's no punishment or judgment, there's really no love. Um, those things go hand in hand. One way I could show I don't love my kids is ne neglect them, but that's not the case here. God loves us, and by de and He demonstrates that by Him disciplining us. His holiness is an act is is a part of that action there. So you see all of those attributes of God being displayed at this point. This passage talks a lot about God's vengeance and judgment, like we just spoke about. So where is the hope? Where where can we find hope in this passage? Gia, what do you think? So up until now in this book, we've really seen the judgment being on God's people for their turning away from the Lord. And now we see that there is hope for them that like Dwayne mentioned, you know, God is going to enact judgment on the Babylonians for what they have done to God's people. And so for those who have oppressed them, verse 11 says that they have plundered God's inheritance. And so we see that God has their back, that God sees them. Their suffering is not invisible to the Lord, that he sees it and that he is going and that that suffering is going to be temporary. And we also see that um, their iniquities and sins are going to be forgiven. You know, they have, they're in exile because of their disobedience. And yet God is giving them grace in these verses where it says, one will search for Israel's iniquity and there will be none for Judah's sins and they will not be found because he will forgive those he leaves as a remnant. And they're also going to be able to return to their home as well. So he's going to bring them out of their exile, which is hopeful to them. And then also we see at the very end, verses 33, 34, that he champions their cause and he's going to bring them rest. There's all this striving and they're going to have rest finally. So there is a lot of hope in these verses for God's people where there has been judgment before. One thing that could be really helpful for this session is to pull out pack item number two, and it is the outline. Um, it's the outlines of Jeremiah and Lamentations, and it's really helpful just to take a minute. You could just take a minute and recap where where we are in in this outline. So Jeremiah has called for repentance. Uh, he has stood firm in his uh, ministry. And then he sees the destruction ahead, but it, 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 this could be a helpful thing to kind of bring to your group's attention where you are in the book of Jeremiah and what's about to happen next. I think it could give an, a good overview of what has transpired and then where they are at this point. Verse 19 mentions several different places, Dwayne. Why are these places important to God's message to the people? Now, the, the places you're talking about here are Carmel, Bashan. Ephraim and Gilead. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Carmel is up on Israel's northwest area. Um, it was the word Carmel means park or fruitful field. It because of the location right off the Mediterranean and then mountains right up right up near. You got a lot of rain in this area, uh, and so. Um, it was known for its beauty. In fact, Isaiah in uh, Isaiah 33 and 35, he points to the beauty of this area and the, the variety of plants and trees. So you, you have all of this in Carmel as a piece of that. Bashan uh, is east of the Jordan River up by the Sea of Galilee. And it's known for its grasslands, its grazing land. Uh, Amos 4 mentions the cows of Bashan. Uh, we would view that in a negative way. It's actually a positive way because it's where the cows would be taken, who would be pampered, uh, get, you know, get them ready to, to be butchered. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's also one of the first places that would get conquered when, when somebody was coming after them. Mm -hmm. So it was a symbol of failure. And it was always a place where if you went to live there, you got the best, but you're always in danger. Mm. Then Ephraim, that was central Israel. Uh, the word Ephraim, it, it, it means uh, the pasture lands, uh, the two fruitful lands. In the middle of it is Shiloh. And those who don't remember where Shiloh is, Shiloh is not mentioned, but it's a part of Ephraim. Um, it's where the tabernacle set when they first conquested or after the conquest uh, into the promised land and Shiloh means tranquil or secure, which would make sense. Why else would you put the tabernacle in an area other than a place known as tranquil and secure? So Ephraim has that significant background. And so he's talking to these, these folks who have this Jewish understanding Well, they're Jews. And so that would be important to them. The last one, Gilead, it's east of the Jordan as well. Gilead means rugged. You've got mountains in that area. You've got grass plains. You've got forests. You've got all kinds of stuff there. Probably the thing we most know of relative to Gilead is the balm of Gilead. It's a resin from a tree uh, that was used for medicine and for aroma. I guess you could use it for aromatherapy in that context. So that's kind of medicinal at that point. But so you have those three things, caramel, Bashan, Ephraim. These are the biggest places to go if you're going to be a farmer. And remember, this is an agrarian culture. So these were the prize places. Uh, one of the things that struck me in preparing for this is the last time I was on here, we looked at Jeremiah 23. And in verse 3 of Jeremiah 23, it says, I, uh, you will return to the grazing land. And these are the grazing lands. So uh, Jeremiah 23 and chapter 50 are connected because of that. And so these would be important to those people because these are the choice lands, even though Bashan was choice and dangerous. By his presence, then they were, the danger was going to be removed for occupying Bashan. Mm -hmm. So now it was, once again, it would be comparable to Ephraim, tranquil and secure. So those would be, those would be promises of hope. Um, if you were if you want to be somewhere in this region, these are the places to go. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Gia, what can contemporary believers take away from this passage? Yeah, so I think um, the the first point that I that you can see for contemporary believers here um, is actually our 
summary statement, you know, judgment awaits those who defy God. So, you know, there's going to be judgment on those who defy God and also those who um, uh, oppress his people. And it's kind of like we talked about earlier, you know, the, the Lord sees us. We're not invisible to him. Our suffering isn't invisible to him. And I think in light of that, too, um, in our suffering, we can be lights to those even those who oppress us, depending on our response. And another point that we can see is, um, I pulled this from our personal study guide, one of the application points says, God's justice includes forgiveness, not just discipline, um, which I really loved that because we do see that forgiveness of the Lord's people where they had had judgment before and they are in discipline right now in exile, but there is forgiveness on that other side. Um, because of who God is, because he is love, he does discipline us, but he's also a forgiving and merciful Lord as well. Yeah, one of the things that strikes me in this passage, too, is how there's a warning in here for us. Um, we see somebody who fails and we view them as a foe or an enemy, or we see uh, uh, the demise of some, someone or an institution that we, we define as evil. And I know some of those things are evil and should be celebrated, but there is a warning here about showing humility um, and grace when people fail. We don't do that very well anymore. I mean, if you go to Twitter, you know, you're almost afraid to post on Twitter because you don't know who's going to say something back at you. But you look at it, there's not a lot of grace shown today. And the people of Babylon showed no grace at all in, in that context. And so there's a need for us to demonstrate humility and God's grace when we see people we count as an enemy fall. They're still creating an image of God. There's still hope for them until the day they die that they may accept Christ. And we don't live with that burden, unfortunately. We don't view it that way. We view them as a us and them. And too many times when we do a us and them, we define them some way. We give a name, whatever name it is, to justify us viewing them as them so we don't have to deal with them. And um, and we feel good about it um, because us giving them a name makes them something less than what they really are. And um, that's not what the gospel would have us to live out in our lives. Uh, Cause we too can be in that same boat. Oh, they, they made a big mistake. So they deserve God's judgment. Like we're not capable of making a mistake. We are capable of making a mistake. Yeah. So I think there's a, a strong reminder here. Babylon deserved what they were getting, but the, the part of the issue was they were, they celebrated the demise of God's people and that's that puts yourself in a dangerous place. That's helpful. The I want to point out the key doctrine because it can be a valuable part of your Bible study discussion this week. So our key doctrine is on the last things. According to his promise, Jesus will return personally and visibly in glory to this earth. The dead will be raised and Christ will judge all men in righteousness and the unrighteous will be consigned to hell, the place of everlasting punishment. So this this little paragraph is found 
in the leader guide and in the personal study guide. And it, it is just something that you can bring some attention to because it's definitely found in Jeremiah, the discussion of this, of Jesus's return. And so it can help uh, just clarify that teaching for some of your group members. Dwayne, it's been good to have you back uh, on our podcast. And hey, it's fun to be on this side. I'll just tell you. <laughs> and Gia, we appreciate uh, all that you've added to this discussion as well. Is there anything, um, anything that you would add? No, I think two big statements I'd remember when I'm teaching this lesson is that God will judge, but God restores. And we got to keep that in mind. Uh, from time to time in the podcast, we mentioned different resources in the Explore the Bible family, uh, things like the Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary, or Quick Source, just to name a few. You can find out more about all of the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. That's goexplorethebible.com. And see if any of those things might be helpful to you as you prepare to lead your group each week. Thank you for listening to us this week, and we hope you join us again next week when we look at session 13. Uh, that is entitled Good, and we are studying Lamentations 3, verses 19 through 33. And we will have Mike Livingston as our guest host. So it will be a really good time, and we hope you'll join us. <music>